Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestling House Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. You're listening to us on cnjradio.com, where all the great CNJ shows lie. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks. And it's been another week, Chris. There was uh, a lot of things that went on, and it's one of those things where I wish we didn't have this kind of content to talk about, but unfortunately, it did happen, uh, the great... Well, as a lot of people now know, William Moody was his real name. Yeah. But whatever you want to call him, William, Paul Bearer, uh, Percy Pringle the Third. That's my era right there. That's where it's I came in. Paul Bearer for me. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Like I said, I, I I was lucky enough to see a lot of the uh, older world class shows shown as reruns on yeah. ESPN when I was just getting out of school. School. And they they were airing, and I got to see. Percy Pringle's earlier managing days, and he was he was he was their bad guy manager. He was yeah. never their number one bad guy manager because right. that distinction always went to General Skandor Akbar. <laughs> uh, just looking at him, I mean, you can't. Yeah, he looks like he would be a bad guy, but you can't really hate him all that much. I don't yeah. know. There's something about him, even at his most despicable as Paul Bear. Yeah, he was kind of goofy, but you just couldn't hate the guy. He's just that he, kind of guy. He just kind of looks like everybody's. Uh, cool uncle, yeah. you know, like he's he's really cool, he's, creepy uncle, yeah. Yeah, just but warm personality, yeah. you know. Like when you talk to him, it's just easy to talk to the guy. He just yeah. always came across that way, and apparently that's how he really was. Um, yeah, I we are taping this during the week. I did watch Raw. We won't talk about it, but they did do like a lot of talking about Paul, and um, that's good. The the king was talking about just how great of a guy he was. He would always like even in the modern age, he was on Twitter and he would always answer all the fans and just really gracious. So. Yeah, that's the kind of guy that the business deserves, and he will be missed. Yeah, and go go read if you haven't yet. Go to wwe.com and read the article that they did where they interviewed Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes has mm-hmm. his own tribute to Paul and talks about that's cool uh, road stories and just general fun things yeah. about the guy. If you're going to get a fun old school wrestling story, it's going to be from Michael Hayes. Yeah, and he's got many of them. <laughs> and then Paul's a big part of that whole yeah. thing about it. They kind of came up the same era, same yeah. way, and. and yeah, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but I don't remember much about my, the first wrestling show I ever went to. Yeah, my dad took me when I was a kid. It was the early '90s. How old were you? Uh, I was probably 11 or 12. Okay. And the only thing I really remember was seeing Paul Bear at the show. Wow. And yeah, that's cool. the, the one thing that stood out. I don't remember what he did or who else was there, but I remember that. Right. And that's just something that's. Just bringing out the Undertaker had the urn held up as he yeah, came out, and the, yeah, it, that's the thing that I took away from that show all these years later. So. That's really cool. I said watching those old spots of him as a manager in Dallas, and he was managing like Ravishing Recruit before he yeah. got the call up to WWF, and and people like that. And then later on, when I started to see the actual current world class product uh, during 1989, which was my my first real boom year for wrestling, I started watching in '88. But all of the 89 storylines were just amazingly hot. And I was just at that perfect age to be all in. The Ric Flair, Rick Steamboat, and also subsequently Ric Flair, Terry Funk feuds in the NWA. Uh, The Mega Powers exploded in 1989. That was big for me. And also, really honestly, in my opinion, and how I still feel, not to be outdone, but there was uh, such an amazing feud going on in World Class, which no one thought would ever... They never thought they would probably ever have another big feud after the Von Erickson Freebirds. Yeah. And this is supposedly in like the not-as-good era of world class, but I remember it so well because Percy Pringle 
was managing Eric Embry at the time, and he just took it upon himself to battle the entire Akbar <laughs> army, pretty much single-handedly, yeah. and they pulled it off so well, and it was so convincing, because the only friend he had in the world as a constant, yeah. like, you know, other baby faces would help him out, but they were never all in with right. him. But the only guy he could rely on was Percy. Yeah. And he was the guy that watched his back. Huh. And that's what did it for me, for him, on the onset. And that feud was so good. I remember this. PWI actually had that as, like, the first or second runner-up that year wow. for Feud of the Year. Nice. And they weren't, on every, they weren't in every household in the right. country at the time, but they still they recognized how great that feud was. Yeah. And Percy was a major part of that. That's cool. And you know what's really funny? Whenever he came out as Paul Bearer, yeah. I didn't recognize him. Really? PWI actually had to break the news to me in the year-end issue. Like, they always have a, what a difference a year makes for yeah. this person. And right. he was the main guy that year. And I was like, are you serious? Are you kidding? That's Percy? Like, I, I spent a whole year and a half, like, yeah. rooting for him. And all they had to do was dye his hair and put, you know, pasty makeup on yeah. him. And I didn't recognize the man. Wow. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I was put off by it. I watched that clip, by the way, when they had the Hayes article on WWE.com. They yeah. posted his debut appearance in oh, cool. WWF at, on the Brother Love I was Show. Say, Brother Love Show, yeah. And that's him passing the torch to him as his manager, saying, you know, I can't commit to this, but I have a guy who can. Yeah. And he says, come out, Brother Bear. Yeah. And Roddy and Vince McMahon are in the booth going, Brother Bear? What's, what's <laughs> that all about? And the funny thing is, when they finally gave up the gag, yeah. And said his first name was Paul. They both acted like it was the stupidest thing in the world. And I'm like, you came up with it. (laughs) Paul Baird. They were like, oh. To be honest, there were way worse names in wrestling around that time than Paul Bear. Paul Bear is actually kind of clever. It's very clever, yeah. (laughs) And he had the convenience of being a legit mortician. Right. (laughs) It's amazing. Like, I guess in his interview, that's that came up and that's probably why he got it i think i was here i don't remember where i heard it from but it was i don't remember if it was prior to being hired or just after but vince didn't know that he was a mortician up until like right before he got hired or like after the interview process was over it's like by the way i'm a a mortician yeah so So that's probably when the light bulb went off yeah (laughs) i i totally screwed up this whole thing we got to get him a new mantra right away (laughs) maybe that maybe that's what happened i don't know but I guess that's also a case. Maybe Vince was also reading PWI along with myself right. because he was like, what is this thing over here? Eric Embry versus Akbar's Army. And why is it? Why did it get more votes than this feud that I did? <laughs> oh, what is this? Yeah. like, I, How much money do I have to spend to get these people? Yeah, that's pretty much probably yeah. how it goes down for him. He probably... I, I can see Vince at that time, especially... His limo days, you know, yeah. now it's a jet. Yeah. But back in the day, it's like, have limo, uh, whatever drinks you have on hand, and have the latest copy of whatever wrestling publication is out that. there. Today, he has people to do that for him, but I could see him in his limo reading the PWI. Yeah, and be like, okay, yeah. all right, maybe we'll give this guy a Let call. Let me check my wallet. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, just, uh, it's unfortunate that we have to, that things like this have to happen for us to kind of, think of these things or have it trigger those responses but uh, that's just the way yeah, it is yeah it's not i mean i've always been a fan of paul and every yeah. time he shows up it's always i mean i always reminisce you know i mean yeah. unfortunately due to the circumstances this time it's not in a good way but you know it's yeah 
And a guy who really only managed, and I'm counting Eric Embry in this, yeah. about four major guys. Right. Right? I mean, Eric Embry, Undertaker, Kane, Mankind. Yeah, I can't think of anyone That's else. it, isn't yeah. it? It seems yeah. like, yeah. And as far as I can remember. And most most legendary managers have like a roster a mile long. Right. Uh, but he's one of those guys that managed to be so captivating that you didn't have to do that. Well, and the character stuck because it was absolutely perfect for him. Yeah. And who, I mean, there's who only else is so he gonna far. Manage? Yeah. He's not going to manage. It's only know. so far you can branch out when your yeah. name is Paul Bear. Yeah. They just have to bring, keep bringing in creepy guys. Yeah. But that was Kevin Sullivan's bag, you know, right. in WCW. Yeah. I mean, they stretched it as far as they could with Mankind. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Paul. Yeah. So rest in peace, Uncle Paul. Uh, yeah. This kind of brought on uh, what our top five list is this week. Yes. So it, it seems easy enough. So let's make it the, uh, and you know you know how it is. Uh, when you when you die, you win the award. So let's just call this the Paul Bear Memorial, top five wrestling managers of all time. Yes. And he won't be on the list because it's his list. Right. How about that? There you go. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so Chris, we we started making this list, and it turns out we pretty much just 100% agree with each other. Yeah. In this aspect, so we just have one list. It was actually pretty easy to come up with. We just shot like three names off the top of our head immediately. Yeah. So And then uh, we pretty much made a top ten, but we got it down to five. Yeah. Apologies to, let's see, who are we apologizing to? Larry Sweeney. Captain Lou. Captain Lou. Blassie. Yeah. Grand Wizard. Akbar. A- Amor Akbar. Uh, that was a hard one for me. I, If there was a six, he would get it. Yeah. Uh, and I hesitate to not put him in the top five, but I think this is a really good list that we can both agree yeah. on. Yeah. There's so there's actually a lot more, and I know. Please send us yeah. email if you're yelling at the podcast right now. Who who came in your head that we didn't say? Right, because there I, is a lot. There's sometimes. I know there's a lot more, but yeah, these were the first. The Reverend Jim, Reverend yeah. Jim's a good one. These are the uh, first five people that came to mind immediately, which is a good indicator of how much of a great manager that these people were. Exactly. So I feel comfortable with with what we came up with. All right, so. You go first. Top five. Starting with number five, the Louisville Slugger, the great Jim Cornette, yeah. James E. Cornette. And you're saying, wow, he's really low on your top five. Well, that's just how this top five is. Yeah. This, uh, we have to start off with a bang. Yeah. Jim Cornette. I mean, it's the fact that this is a this is such a great list. We've met the guy. Right. And he's number five. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's a nice guy. So. Super nice guy. And he's, and he's candid as you've yeah. ever seen him. You can. This is great. If you ever have the pleasure of meeting Jim Cornette, ask him any question you want. He will give you a classic, candid Cornette right. answer. Please do that. And see, I'm not as familiar with Cornette because I was pretty much a WWE guy. I never really watched a whole lot of other. I did from time to time. Yeah. So I was really familiar with Cornette managing pretty much in like the attitude-ish era yeah so. and then he was uh you know of course during that massive run and yeah. people tend to forget this too just because he's so uh tied into mr fuji but right. he was yokozuna's manager also yeah you know so that that's a big deal and during yokozuna's massive run as world yeah. champion he was yeah. his american spokesman which right. you know of yeah. course <laughs> that brings a lot of color to ringside and yeah. i'm not just making fun of his suits yeah. for me when i was a kid he was just always the annoying guy that carried the tennis racket yeah it's like what's this guy's deal and that's what he did you know go back and watch anything like uh, one of one of his great moments and it, of course the obvious one is him breaking both of his ankles at that uh scaffold match right. 
begin if you go like especially watch the moment where Botchamania edits it uh, with the footage of him talking about it yeah. and he's just super funny and the fact that it's such a horrible night for him <laughs> right. but he's able to laugh massively about it nowadays yeah. and uh, another good one is another Midnight Express moment and I believe it's Great American Bash 1988 I want to say and the Midnights are wrestling the Fantastics in a US tag title match the fact that they had so many great teams, they had to have the U.S. Yeah. tag team titles. And Jim Cornette was suspended above the ring in a cage in a straitjacket. <laughs> That's how much of a detriment he could be at ringside. <laughs> like overkill, but okay. We can't just put him in the cage. <laughs> Let's commit him. <laughs> and he's like, he. It, it takes ten minutes to get him in there. Right. But it's super entertaining. <laughs> he tries to get out of it the whole time. Right. It, yeah, if I, but yeah, just things like that, just... And, man, if you've never seen those quote-unquote shoot promos he did yeah. during the Attitude Era, those are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did a lot of color commentary on the early days of Sunday Night Heat. Yeah. And, yeah. But it, at the end of the day, he was a great manager. And uh, go back and watch a lot of stuff of his if you've never seen it. Yes. Yeah. Man, anybody coming up today in the indie circuit that's a manager could definitely obviously learn a lot from Jim Cornette. Yes, I could. So... Number four, I don't know if people will be expecting this, because when you think manager, you usually think male managers, right? Right. But in this case, I, there's no way I could have left this person off the top five. Yeah. Hall of Famer, legit Hall of Famer, and sadly someone else who is no longer with us, yeah. but the great, sensational Sherry, Chris. Sherry Martell, the yes. sensuous one. Wait, blah, blah, blah? <laughs> what is that? The sensuous one. There sensuous Sherry. Because, see, I can't say that ten times fast. Cause you can't WCW... say it one time fast. <laughs> or slow. <laughs> we, when WCW brought her in yeah. during their Monday Night War era, they called her Sensuous Sherry. Because, uh, obviously, they didn't know. That, that is a little difficult to say. Yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, Sister Sherry, uh, for when she managed Harlem Heat. <laughs> okay. Uh, stuff like that. But I know we're best for two people. Macho Man, Macho Randy Man Savage, and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels, and that she right between those two guys, she had that little run with the Million Dollar Man, also. Oh yeah. Because she left DiBiase for Shawn. That yeah, was the whole thing. Right. She was like, "I still love my teddy bear, but <laughs> I'm in love with Shawn Michaels." And yeah, and the feeling was not mutual. That was the funny part, You're right? <laughs> uh, but can can anyone make a bigger difference in a match? Really, almost, than right. Sherry. Right. She was the match. Yeah. She, I've never seen, anybody on this list has never been more physically involved. You can make an argument that our number three pick coming up yeah. could get equally physically involved, but have you ever seen anyone get that yeah, involved? Yeah, but in I matches? think Sherry's more believable than, than he is. <laughs> improvising the yeah. hell out of everything. I'm going to... I'm going to take my shoe off and hit somebody, and the shoe flies out of my hand. So, you know what? I'm going to take my stocking off and choke him with it now. And just you could just hear her yelling at ringside. And, yeah. And, yeah, not not afraid to get in the mix. And you believe, like I you were right. You're absolutely right. You believe that she wants it that bad. Yeah. Oh. So, the the Queen Sherry era, I mean, yeah. oh, that, that was, that that's one of the, the pairings that, it's solidified in my mind from from when I was a kid watching because yeah. I was a huge Macho Man fan, and when he was the Macho King with Queen Sherry, that was I mean yeah. that was that was it. Yeah, I, I almost made the argument for putting that couple on your list in addition to that couple. Right. It kind of would have been padding, but yeah, <laughs> you, 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 I I could I could have debated you on it at the very yeah. least. Yeah. It's it, it was it was a it was a crazy thing. She was already crazy enough, 
put a queen title on her right. and then just give her an unlimited <laughs> supply of makeup right. and you have something unforgettable. <laughs> so, did, do you have the same thing I do that when you were a kid you were just absolutely disgusted by her and then when you grow up a little later you're like, yeah, she was she was pretty good looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Over the, yeah, going back and watching, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand it now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so many moments. I, I let, Let's just move on or else the show is going to go on for two yeah. hours. Yeah. Number three pick, Chris. What do you think about this one? You go ahead. Uh, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. He had to be on there. You know, like anybody listening to this show, like these top three, these these guys came off our top of our head like immediately. Yeah. So it was just putting them in order. But yeah, Jimmy Hart, again, back in that era. I mean, yeah, a lot of these are going to be from then from a, a while ago when we were in our formative years just because that was the greatness. That was the era of the, the manager, I think. That definitely. was the time to be the manager yeah. for sure because, yeah, it seems like they're finally kind of dipping their toe back in it. Sort of here and there with a few people. So, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy Hart, he he was everywhere. He was out oh, there man. for, like, every match on every show practically. Yeah, so. like, we're, we're, get, we're starting to watch those first WrestleManias again. How much does he pop up on these? Yeah. I mean, like, and then the and the funny thing is, uh, the, especially WrestleMania two was very, yeah. very obvious because he's out there for the first. He's out there for the two matches right before the main event. Right. But then he could have legitimately been in all the other cities, You're especially right. in Chicago at the yeah. Battle Royal, representing the Hart Foundation. Yep. Is uh, a time where he had a like a dozen people or yeah. something on his roster, and it's not just having people on right. your roster. But he made a difference. Like, yeah, he was he was there for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Time, so megaphone would it come into play at least yeah. at some point. Yeah, it's like he's always talking in it. But then, yeah, if you're if it's a special enough match, you're gonna see it used right. as a weapon. He could he could add to like the great wrestlers, like add to the match. And for the mediocre ones, he could make it entertaining. Exactly. So, yeah. That's, that's the best. That's what a manager is there to do, and he did it like perfect. Yeah. Like that WrestleMania two match with the Funk Brothers. Yeah. They don't need Jimmy right. Hart. They don't really yeah. need him. Yeah. But take him out of that match, and it's not the same. Exactly. Yeah. Crazy. And that songwriting aside, by the yeah, way, right. writing yeah. all those theme songs, yeah. and yeah, you know, just. I like those extra things. Uh, yeah, and yeah. yes, he was super annoying, which is yeah. awesome. Oh, I hated infuriating him. when I was a kid, yeah. but I love it now. To me, my my uh, earliest one of my earliest memories of Jimmy that I will never forget because it, it was kind of frightening at the same time, but it made me laugh. Was I remember him getting trapped? I think it was on Saturday Night's main event. He got trapped under the ring by one of the bushwhackers and they pantsed him he he came out like he was swimming out of quicksand you know right. he's like ah yeah. and his sunglasses were off yeah. and then as as he, more of his body is coming out of the bottom of the ring right. you notice that he yes he's still wearing his jacket but right. there's no shirt <laughs> and then oh my god he doesn't have any pants on and he jumped and the funny thing was, I think he jumped into one of the Rougeau's arms and then immediately jumped off of him, like, no, 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 no. But then he was like, what do I do? What do I do? And he was like, just run. And he ran to the back. He ran out to the, you know, back to the exit doors. And that's awesome. That's an amazing moment. I'm going to try to find the footage of that. I hope I got the right people involved yeah. in that, but that sounds right to me. Uh, I don't know, but I'll, I'll, find, I'll find it somehow. Cool. 
and uh, you'll you'll see that great moment. But okay, <laughs> Jimmy Hart. We didn't even talk about the Hart Foundation hardly, but yeah, yeah. that was that was massive. Yeah, Rujo stuff, Bundy. Yep. All the you could go oh, on maybe all day. Okay, day. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's one of those guys. He could still do it. Yeah. Like, if they called him back, I'm sure he'd yeah. he'd do it again. Why Speaking not? Speaking of still doing it though. Yeah. Number oh, two on the list. Number two. This guy would have been on my list even if you erase the last three years. Right. Paul Heyman. Yep. Uh, when you, I think you might know at this point who our number one is going to be, which I won't say yet. Yeah. Which I think most people listening to the show would agree. Yeah, and they already know who it is, yeah. I'm sure. But the whole purpose of being a great manager of pro wrestling, being the standard bearer, and we've already brought this up a few times, is you're supposed to help elevate your talent that you're representing. Right. Uh, and I don't know anyone who does it better than these top two guys. Right. It's like, it's a... Between two and one, it's 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 kind of a thin line as far yeah. as, like, the absolute number top greatness. Yeah. Um, I think Paul would be upset if we put him at number one. Right. Because <laughs> I know he loves our number one. Yeah. But it's it's... Some guys didn't need him per se, right? But he made them that much better, yeah. and they would all say that about him. Yeah. He could take somebody who wasn't that entertaining and make you want to watch him, right? Uh, Dangerous Alliance stuff, that whole thing. He would be in just for that for me. Yeah. Uh, taking away everything he did for ECW because that's not technically part of his right. managing career. Yeah. Uh, he just he's so compelling. He's with a great talker now, CM Punk, one of the best talkers yeah. of all time, who doesn't need Paul Heyman to be great, right. but Paul Heyman makes him the most compelling guy on television exactly, right now. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous like how said, much. Elevating a great superstar to like legendary status. And yeah. It's selfless, because, I mean, he's, yes, uh, we recognize what he's doing, but, I mean, people hate him. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. They want to see him get beat up. Yeah. If we'd have been in that crowd for the Dallas show, yeah. you would have heard many people screaming for his head. Yeah. When they still cheer for Punk, but they're doing that to Heyman yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And they're, yeah. And the stuff he's doing with Brock Lesnar, which I want to talk about a little bit later, but I mean. And he's the, a perfect foil for Lesnar. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an example where you take a guy who has massive in ring talent, and yeah. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. Massive in ring talent, but needs that certain X factor right. to further elevate him in the best possible way. Right. And that's where a guy like Heyman also comes in. Yeah. Just accenting Lesnar, not the best talker in the world. Right. But people would still watch him. Yeah. Now they really want to watch him. Right. Well, like when Lesnar returned, just, I mean, a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever it was. Yeah. When you attacked it, Vince. Yeah, when you attacked Vince. And just what Heyman did in that ring, just like, oh my god, please don't, just stop, just go, run, just get out of here. Yeah. And I mean, that was, that started, I I really love what they're doing with Lesnar right now, and that's a huge part of it, is what Paul Heyman's doing for Lesnar. And that's just two guys that he's been managing in this last year. Yeah. It's not to speak of, like, all the other stuff he's done. Yeah. Going back from all the way when I first saw him with the original, original Midnight Express, trying to take down Cornette's current yeah. Midnight Express, which was yeah. great. And that, that speaks to their hate-hate relationship they've had over the years right. uh, when he managed the Samoan SWAT team. 
Dangerous Alliance comes up, and oh yeah, go watch that classic matches clip that they have on WWE.com somewhere where it says Dangerous Alliance debut, yeah. and you see Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Stone Cold, Rick Rude. I talked about all this already, yeah. but having those guys run the whole place for a year with Paul under their, yeah. uh, just that's just that was a perfect <laughs> moment right there. That yeah. that whole it's a snapshot of a great part of that era. You know, yeah. say what you want about WCW before they started turning a profit. But they had that kind of stuff on television, right. and that's why I kept watching. Right. It wasn't any, almost any of the other garbage they had, like PN News and all that stuff. Right. No disrespect to PN News, but the Dangerous Alliance, I didn't even know. I didn't even realize I was watching because of the Dangerous Alliance, Chris. Right. I, was wa- yeah. I was apparently watching for Sting and Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes to get back at the Dangerous Alliance. Right. Now I realize that why you were I was watching, not watching those guys, you were watching the the Dangerous Alliance to get beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. could have been anybody. They threw any. They threw everybody in there, yeah. like to try to get back at them. And I was like, I thought these were my favorites. Yeah. That's really not the case. Right. I mean, I I love those guys. And yeah. Ron Simmons was in the mix there. It was. Yeah. It was a cool time. And and those guys definitely had the talent to hang. Yeah. I mean, Barry Windham has the talent to hang with Steve Austin. There yeah. was no doubt about that. But man, I couldn't wait for the Dangerous Alliance to get beat. Yeah. And every now and then they get a win over him. But they never let him savor it. Yeah. They always had the last word. Right. They always they always just had that post-bell cheap shot. And I, yeah, I think that's kind of why when you get older and you, you start liking the bad guys more. Yeah. Because you realize what they contribute to the show, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah. But Polly just, that guy could talk all day. Yeah. If Whenever he gets sick of the road again, yeah. I would love nothing more. You know, he does this Heyman Hustle thing online. It's right. like... I I don't think most people realize what it is, and I don't even really know what it what it what its purpose is, yeah. except for just to kind of be a social media happening, right? Photo ops and whatever. But I would love to see him turn the Heyman hustle into a full fledged talk show. That'd be cool. I mean, just hearing him talk about current events would yeah. be amazing, yeah. wouldn't it? So I'm I'm putting it out there. Heyman hustle needs to be a radio talk show, yes. and let's let's have it on in about you know five years or so or whatever, whenever. He's completely sick of the road because you know what? It's one of those. He's one. Of, he's so good that I know Vince doesn't like him. <laughs> right. You know Vince hates Paul Heyman, right? But he needs Paul Heyman. He really kind of does yeah. because he he wouldn't be where he was with him. You know, Attitude right. Era, yeah. and and the, the the he was the really the only great thing about the Alliance uh, storyline. Right. Yeah, just that one promo he cut before the Survivor Series about how much he just hates. Yeah. Vince McMahon yeah. to his face, yeah. things like that. He, he does kind of need him, doesn't he? Right. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much. That's why he keeps showing back up? Yeah. Or otherwise, he wouldn't bother with him. Yeah. Because you know, I don't think Vince feels that he needs Jim Cornette. If yeah. he could get along with Jim Cornette and Jim wouldn't blow up at people, <laughs> right. then I'm sure he wouldn't yeah. mind doing business with him. Yeah. But Paul's a different animal. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to uh, uh, yeah. Jim Cornette. Vince is no dummy. He knows talent when he sees it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly. He is a hustler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of talent, and, and and just like I, I'll have to quote what Paul Heyman said at WrestleMania 17, the Johnny Carson of pro wrestling. <laughs> is, is there any doubt that Bobby the Brain Heenan wouldn't have been number one on this list? Nah. I think, like I said, you you interview ten wrestling fans, and nine of them will say Bobby Heenan. Best yeah. manager of all time. And then the the tenth one I'd have to punch for right. not saying Bobby Heenan. Uh, the tenth one like CZW. 
Yeah. <laughs> man, Bobby yeah, Heenan. Bobby Heenan. Double Dare is what I remember. Bobby Heenan. Oh, <laughs> so much man. more. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I remember Mr. Perfect getting slimed, and that was amazing. Oh, yeah. But but Bobby Heenan, you talk about a guy who could make the most out of anything. Yeah. You know, the the, the, the weasel suit match with the warrior. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't... I I know I've told you this before. I've told Nola this ad nauseum, but uh, the thing I always uh, take away from Bobby is I think they did a profile on him in that 80s box set, the greatest wrestling superstars yeah. of the 80s. Yeah. And uh, Arn Anderson, I think they were doing the profile actually on Arn Anderson. He was mm-hmm. talking about when he was being managed by Bobby with Tolly and the Brain Busters. And he said, we'd be working shows with Bobby. And Bobby was so over that uh, it only took one guy in the crowd to yell weasel at him, and Bobby would just like snap his head back, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden go right back to looking forward and pretending like it didn't bother him, right. and he had that look like it didn't rattle him, but then the whole place just started doing it. Right. <laughs> and he knew what he was doing yeah. by jerking his head back like yeah. that. Those little things. Like, it was like one of the WrestleManias, I think it's like WrestleMania 4 or 5 at Trump Plaza, and Bobby's like fiddling around in his pockets during a match. Yeah. And the girl's like, what's he doing? <laughs> just like, he's probably just looking for slot money change. And he's like, no, he's doing something. <laughs> and that's Bobby. Yeah. Always doing something. <laughs> Always doing something. <laughs> the funniest man in the history of this yeah. business. Yeah. Um, there's some guy started a Twitter account of just Bobby Heenan quotes. Oh, yeah. And that's all he posts. That's like awesome. Bobby Heenan says or something yeah. like that. I'll, we'll find a link for it. Uh, but, as you know, he he he's in my all-time top five. Even just for stuff he did on commentary, yeah, yeah personality-wise. But yeah, they give him a, they gave him a few stiffs to manage, but yeah. he still managed to pull it off. Yeah, and he was yeah. another one of those guys that was on pretty much every single match he was oh, out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like he was always there because he was either commentating or he was out there. Yeah, he was he was on the whole show. Yep. And I wouldn't have had it any other way, and I don't think Vince would. Would want it any other way? Yeah. It's just uh, there's there's I I could do we could do a five parter on Bobby You're and right. still not even get yeah get everything down. Yeah. I just don't know what to say, but it doesn't matter. And he's the no matter how old the footage is, you're gonna see greatness. You see a lot of guys right. in their early years and they're not there yet. Yeah, Bobby was always there. Right. It, it's that's the best compliment I could probably give. Yep. So always doing something. Always doing something. There you go. So there's our Paul Bearer top five memorial of the greatest managers of all time in in memory of the great Paul Bearer. Rest yes. in peace. Rest in peace. Speaking of resting in peace, let's get to to the week in wrestling. Yeah, um, so let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we, we had one of those, didn't yeah, we? We've been talking a lot of old school just now, and it was old school Raw yeah. this last week. Um, I'm always in for that. Yeah, and fittingly enough, Undertaker opened the show. Just he just came out, and then they did the old school promo or the yeah. intro, and then he was gone after that. Yeah. Um, always good to see the Undertaker. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll do respect. I'll do respect. I'll do respect. I like the guy. The match is gonna be great. Of uh, we did find out. I we think, say this every year now. Like, well, I I feel kind of bad because I feel like a broken record that I'm 
but I'm underwhelmed with the Undertaker build-up. Even more so, last year I didn't like it because it was Triple H again. Yeah. I didn't want to see another rematch at, at, at two WrestleManias after another rematch. But to be fair, I liked the build-up better last year than I did for the first one because of the Shawn Michaels factor. Yeah, but Sean Sean delivered some epic promos, though. you sure. got to admit that. That was Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, that, that got they, me into it. Like I said, last year after we saw the match, I was like, yeah, yeah. that was like a really great match. And yeah. I'm not going to say I was wrong, but I... No, because we established yeah. this <laughs> last year. <laughs> but at the time, I had valid arguments for my not being behind what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I have valid arguments this time, too. We always say that even the first Shawn Michaels match, and even before that, we've said that there is no story with The Undertaker anymore. There has not been for years. It's just the streak. That's all yeah, it is. That's all and it's more so apparent this year than any other year, I think. Well, why do you think that? Well, because there's no storyline. He shows up, and they're fighting to see who ends the streak. Yeah. That's it. That is all yeah. of it. You there's think- nothing else to it. Punk and Heyman are going to be talking a lot between now and Mania. I know. You know and they're going to build it up. They're, I... I they're going to build it up a lot. I'm going to be entertained by every single segment they're on. Yeah. But I don't... I am supremely underwhelmed with, oh, I'm going to come back to beat you at the streak. It's yeah. it's lame. I don't like it. I'm going to enjoy the match. I'm yeah. going to... And after WrestleMania, I'm going to be like, oh, I, I liked it. Yeah. But, you know, I thought of something because someone already... People in the crowd were already holding up 22-0 and 0 signs yeah. and 21-1 and 1 signs. CM Punk's not going to beat The Undertaker. I understand this, but do you think at this point the people that show up for WrestleMania holding a 21 and one sign only do it in that that little possible like that one percent chance that yeah. he actually does lose? Yeah, like oh, I'm right, and I'm, I'm going to be, be on, on TV. every uh, recap clip extravaganza for the yeah. next 25 years. You know that's why they yeah. do it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's smart. They're going to have half ripped signs like sprinkled out throughout the, the right. stadium by the end of it all the sweepers are going to just right. what's all these 20 like they don't they probably don't watch the yeah. sweepers are going to be yeah. like 20 what, what the hell so I yeah understand. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if I said oh yeah CM Punk won a four way match to decide because they all come out and said I'm going to beat the Undertaker in the streak no I'm going to win the Royal Rumble it, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Orton comes out Sheamus comes out like the usual suspects suspects all come out and oh these guys are not going to do it because they're kind of boring now well yeah and here's the other thing it, it you know I realize <laughs> there's been an asterisk into this uh, this Undertaker Wrestlemania matches because he's right. repeated three times yeah as far as opponents go. Right. But I truly believe that, especially now, you are not allowed to fight him if you've already fought him. Yeah. Because <laughs> Mark Henry, nope, had a chance. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that was the, you know, Mark Henry got as believable as humanly possible for the first time in his career right. for his match against The Undertaker. Yeah. I still didn't have a sense of doubt about it. Right. So that didn't happen. Randy Orton, forget about it. No. Uh, the best thing about that match was his dad coming out. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, if you've already done it, then you shouldn't have another shot. Yeah. Forget it. You're, that ship has sailed. Yeah. Sheamus? Eh, no. Uh, no. And it, 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 I, I would watch the match, but it's You're not right. a WrestleMania that's, match. We had this already. That's we how this. I am with, with Punk and Undertaker. Yeah, I'm going to watch the match. I'm going to like it. It's going to be one of the best matches on the show, probably. Yeah. And I'm still going to complain about it because yeah. I, I feel bad that I'm doing that. But, yeah. you know, it's just, I don't know. That's the way I feel. The only way they could uh, possibly 
get people to think that there's any kind of possibility of CM Punk beating Undertaker is if they just completely encapsulate him in like a Pope mobile until WrestleMania. <laughs> right. Like he's not going to wrestle at all. Yeah. He's going to, he's just training and that's it. Yeah. There's no possible, there's no going to be zero wear and tear on his body between now and WrestleMania, but that's it. And you know that's not going to happen because out of anyone in that company, CM Punk is going to be there pretty much every week. Every and he's going to Every house show. And he's going to give one of the best matches every week. Yeah. Rock's not going to do that. No. Hell Even no. John Cena hasn't. Well, he he's he's there, but he's not wrestling every week. Yeah. CM Punk is putting on consistently good matches. Yeah, I I noticed, and I was I'm starting to pay a little bit of attention here to the house shows. No, not our house show. This is right. this is a weekly pay attention right. to thing. But uh, <laughs> the the house shows they've been doing. I noticed a few days ago, they they are definitely making sure the top guys are not going to get hurt. Yeah. Because I one of the last house shows they did, they actually opened up with the Shield. It was a rematch of Elimination Chamber. It was the oh, Shield really? six man versus Sheamus, Cena, and um, Ryback. Yeah. Uh, so Cena's an opener, and he's in a six man. Right. Good job, guys. Hang out on the apron for yeah ten minutes. Then Punk comes out about halfway through the show and squashes Zack Ryder after a promo. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Even CM Punk is taking it easy, or they're making him take it easy yeah. for that reason. Yeah. So it's like on TV, he's still yeah putting out oh, good yeah. main event matches. Yeah. But it's at this point, if any of these guys got hurt, they wouldn't be able to yeah. do anything about it That's until true. after I, Mania. I understand that. I do. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I just like to complain. No, no, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> you know, since you're giving such great uh, commentary here, Chris, I hate to stop a showdown. I really, uh, it's never my intention to embarrass you. I don't think I'm actually, I think I'm actually paying you a compliment. Okay. Uh, if you actually had a picture of what's going on here in the Wrestling House Show studio today, uh, you see uh, Joey, who looks like he's off the set of a Judd Apatow movie. You know, I've got my, <laughs> I've got my t-shirts and my board shorts on, and and Chris is like, uh, him and Brad Maddox are shopping at the <laughs> right. same places. I think. Uh, you got this really nice uh, sweater on, and then and with the collared shirt under it and everything. Thanks. And and you match really well. But you, you <laughs> and Brad Maddox like shopping at the same places right. now. Are you that that much of a Brad Maddox I, fan uh, at this point, or maybe subconsciously, maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is this. I, I've been enjoying this, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> Me and Brad Maddox and uh, David Otunga. Because he actually wore an outfit oh. a lot like this pretty recently. I noticed. Oh man, why'd you bring up Otunga <laughs> without the bow tie though? Yeah, I like how uh, they're saying that Otunga's in the call, but have you seen him in any other commercials? No. I've seen Barrett in Dead Man Down more than I've seen Otunga in the yeah. call. Yeah, and that's pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what's he doing in it? Right. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to stop the show down, but uh, I, you the, know. the fashion minute with Joey and Chris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In memoriam of uh, Classy Freddy Blassie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we get a direct deposit here? <laughs> uh, let's. Let, are, we, are you done with The Undertaker? Because I want to move on to something else. I've I've been done for a while. All right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I talked about, it, mentioned it briefly. Uh, I just wanted to mention real quick again that I actually really enjoy what they're doing with Lesnar since okay. he's been back. Um, I did want to see Lesnar face the Undertaker, and yeah. I still do because I be- I believe that he would actually have a chance to beat the Undertaker. Right, uh, from a storyline wise. Yeah. You know, way. Of um, but. I don't know, and I wasn't really thrilled with seeing him face Triple H again because I'm, I'm on that kick. Like I don't want to see rematches, and yeah. that's a rematch from SummerSlam. Was it SummerSlam? Yeah, it was SummerSlam. Yeah. And then the main event's gonna be Rock Cena two. Which is fine. I want to see Cena beat the Rock. Yeah. If it, he doesn't beat the Rock. Oh my God! If he doesn't, I'm gonna 
I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, yeah, because how can he not beat him at this point? Yeah. I mean, that is that is the biggest itch that he has to scratch ever. Yeah. Like, it, this has to be done. Yeah. Just make it, just have him go one and one, and one, and just end it. Just stop. Be done with it, yeah. yeah. Just don't do it again. Don't do three times in a lifetime. Oh, three times in a lifetime. Speaking of, what do you think of the new belt? We didn't even talk about that. It's been oh, a couple oh weeks old. Oh, God, yeah. I don't like it. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, it just looks... It's, it's I okay. Don't know, I don't know Hon- how to feel about it. Honestly, I despised the other WWE title. Right. But you got it, so used to it, right? Yeah, it lasted... How, when did Cena bring that out? What? Like, oh, God. Um, well, the spinner debuted immediately after he won the title, yeah. so that was WrestleMania 21. So that would be 2005. Okay, yeah, it's seven years. It lasted seven years too long. Yeah. Or eight years too long. Yeah. yeah. Bring back the Winged Eagle. Yeah. See, that was my favorite title. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, the big... The WWE, it's, it's, it's boring. It's just a big WWE, and it's got the stupid Brahma Bull skulls on the sides. So that, that should have been our list this week. The, the stupidest looking world titles in WWE <laughs> history. Right. We'll the smoking that. skull yeah. belt. Uh, <laughs> save, save it. Save it. We'll do it okay. later. Right. I, can just, I think of two others off the top of my okay. head. Right Next now. week it's the yeah. five. Uh, let's just, let's just broad base it. The yeah. top five ugliest titles in pro wrestling okay, history. There you go. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I hope Cena wins that and like, rips those bull heads off the head. Cause that's, that's they made them without him. Like the, the template of the belt. Those are interchangeable. Those yeah, you okay. can take those off. So he'll yeah. put. What is he gonna put on there? Like a, a little hand thing? Yeah. yeah, chain lock. <laughs> well, yeah, old man. school Cena. Yeah, yeah I love it. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm so good news, bad news. I'm glad they got rid of the other one, but I don't really like the new one. So yeah, it looks like a watch. Yeah, there you it go. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like a Rolex. <laughs> Giant waist watch. A waist watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> Fandango. Talk about Fandango. No, you're not I'm saying not gonna, it right. I'm not going to do it. I'm not saying it right. I don't care. Chris? <laughs> I'm not going to do Come it. Come on. You can do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh. But uh, I'm, I've am i told you, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I really want to, I'm looking forward to him wrestling, to his debut. Yeah. And it's frustrating me that he's not, but I love what he's doing. I don't know. I'm, I'm wrapped up in it. I'm like the king, because the king is always like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's being sarcastic. I don't but know. Maybe him and Johnny have developed means, uh, this uh, this nice camaraderie backstage. Yeah. You know, I gotta say this. I loved when uh, this was on Facebook on our Wrestling House Show Facebook a few days ago. But uh, uh, one of our friends of the show, Todd Cunningham, I saw you go back and forth oh, yeah. with him about it, and that was great. I-, I want you to bring that up on the show because he was facetiously saying, "Oh, I can't wait to see a, a-, a dancer yeah. wrestle." And you know, I-, I understand the comedy he was trying to pull off yeah. there. But uh, Chris, well, yeah. if you could make that argument. Who do you immediately reference? Bruce Lee, because uh, before he was like the international kung fu superstar, he was the Hong Kong cha cha champion. He was the dancer. He did the cha cha. There you go. So there's there's nothing wrong. Just because you dance doesn't mean you can't fight. So yes. I'm not saying that Johnny Curtis or Fandango is gonna be the next Bruce Lee. Right. I don't think that's gonna happen. On like to be realistic. But I, but I you appre- can't count him out. Yeah. That's that's the point. I appreciated the reference. That's yes, all I, that's hyperbole all for my point. Yeah. So I'm hearing, uh, if you believe everything you read on the internet, Joey likes to read rumors just because it entertains him. <laughs> uh, I'm hearing now that this whole not debuting a Fandango may yeah. actually be the payoff. He won't debut, apparently, from what I'm hearing, <laughs> yeah. is that they won't even have Fandango wrestle one match, which 
leads people to think, well, are they going to get rid of Johnny? Or in my theory, what I'd like to see is have him get so frustrated with uh, kind of pull the curtain back and right. say, look, I've been busting my balls in this company for years and they haven't done anything with me. Yeah. They keep, it's almost worse than someone like a Kurt Hawkins. Kurt's never on TV, right? but, <laughs> and they don't use them, yeah. but they, they keep making me think that I'm going to do something. Right. They have videos yeah. and I, I never get to wrestle. Yeah. Like he's just going to finally just say, screw this. <laughs> and maybe he'll be the next breakout, like edgy guy. That'd and hell, cool. bringing Kurt Hawkins is a, as an equal of, uh, I, I always try to find a use for Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> right. but just attach him. him. It's like like a, like when they're passing a bill in Congress and they put those things attached to the bills so they just like can pass. Oh. You're trying to put uh, Kurt Hawkins on there. Just like, all right, if you get this guy, you have to take this guy too. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely bill things. attaching this you're, for sure. You're, you're politicking right now. Because, you know, as, as much as I am a fan currently of one of the only great things about TNA is the bad influence tag team of Christopher Daniels yeah. and Kazarian, yeah. I think those guys easily have the potential to be the next like smarmy ass like just just kind of sophomoric yeah. like frustrated like that's yeah. what the outlaws were like yeah uh, they yeah, yeah, were yeah. two guys that just couldn't not find their way in this company to right. save their lives and then they got together like hey wait a second yeah i've seen Ooh. a little bit of of uh, bad influence here and there and yeah i mean of course i mean those guys are great that's different with them because they they have been around for a long time and yeah. they they've had some successes yeah so now they're just kind of blowing off steam yeah i'm not as much into the smarmy thing as i used to be so it kind of annoys me at times it, it's still funny at times but it still annoys me too right but i think but, johnny and johnny curtis fandango yeah. and kurt hawkins man, put those guys together yeah. and give them a gripe because yeah. they definitely yeah. have one. And it could be like... Throw the... JTG in there while you're at it. <laughs> okay. Don't push your luck. Sorry. 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 <laughs> I don't know what came oh. over me. I'm so upset. I just... <laughs> you're just talking gibberish now. Uh, but it, yeah, I th- that'd be kind of cool if, if Fandango ended up being like the beaver cleavage gimmick <laughs> where it was never intended to be what it is. It is intended to be stupid so he could move on to something else. Yeah. But I I like dancing. Well, yeah, I know. It's like we had such high hopes for DJ Gabriel. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> they should bring back DJ Gabriel. Yeah. Just only if they do that, though. Okay. But, uh, yeah, hey, yeah, Alicia Fox was DJ Gabriel's dancer. They need to pair Alicia with Fandango permanently. There you go. Because, like, these last... Yeah, they're not doing anything with Alicia. Yeah, exactly. So, because, like, these last three weeks, I don't know, like, whenever I last beated on SmackDown, I was mentioning, like... His dance partner was god awful on SmackDown, but the chick that he had on Raw was actually really good. Right. So it's very inconsistent. So yeah. just bring over Alicia Fox. Well, Layla can also dance. Layla, she I, was a she was a professional dancer. I'm super impressed with Layla lately. So okay, yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now. Sure. Match of the week was from uh, what show was it? Superstars. Layla, wow. Layla versus Tamina. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see that. Match. It wasn't the greatest match ever. But so it's kind of an on-principle kind of thing. Yeah, it's one of the better divas matches. There was that tag had. match on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. I remember that. And Layla pretty much ran that match. Yeah. And uh, and it had Tamina and Caitlyn in it, and Layla was the star of it. And she was doing a lot of the same stuff in this match with Tamina, and uh, she actually beat Tamina in that match. So oh. I'm looking forward to Layla versus Caitlyn for the divas title and for her to take it away. Well, since you bring that up, do you think that? there's a legit argument. I realize on title principle, the answer should be yes. Will there be Layla Caitlin at WrestleMania? Is I, that where you I think would really going? hope so. 
I mean, the Divas title should be on there. It always ends up being a a multi Diva match, though. Yeah. So I don't think it's gonna happen. Hmm. There's not enough. It, the match happened on Superstars, so nobody saw it. So there's right. no storyline. If I didn't, if I hadn't brought up Layla these past few episodes, who would really realize that Layla's doing such great things? Yeah. Honestly, well, I'm not taking credit for it, but I'm just saying, like, right. Nobody sees it because they've been relegating her to being like in the corner of yeah. Caitlyn, but then like she's doing that second look at her. They're like, doing those little things, like she held the Divas title a little bit too long one yeah. day in the back. So they're putting the hints out there, but they're not pushing it as in. This is gonna happen in four weeks. Yeah, yeah. So. That, I don't get that impression either, but I yeah. hope it happens. Yeah, it's an interesting storyline building up with Cody and Caitlyn, and then Layla. And I can see potential with all of this kind of coming together. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I, 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 let me pose you another question, Chris. Uh, before we get off of Raw completely, uh, it was old school Raw. Yeah, yeah. There I was had, a lot of old yeah. school representation. Yeah. And uh, before I was sorry, before I started watching the show, I had recorded it. I completely forgot that it was going to be old school, and I turned it on, and I saw. I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" I got really excited. Oh, with the old, uh, with yeah, the old. I just always logo. Love, I love old school raw. Sorry, continue. No, yeah, the 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 intro was great. Just yeah. the, it's the current catchphrase. Yeah. Uh, then now forever with the it was like the beginning of WrestleMania two yeah. or three or something. Yeah. It was three, I think, or something. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And uh, yeah, that that got me pumped up too. I I wasn't uh, as an overall show. I I didn't. It didn't have that pacing to where I was just excited the whole time. Yeah, it wasn't. It seemed spectacular. like a, it seemed a little bit to get through. I mean, I I will always love seeing Ric Flair go out and mug it up, like no one else can. Yeah, but the Miz is annoying me. Yeah, when he tries to be Flair. Yeah, it was like when AJ Styles was Flair yeah, Junior. Yeah. Not quite. I don't. I I think I liked AJ less when he did it. Yeah. But Miz Miz is just really annoying at it. Yeah. Whenever I'd rather be watching Flair wrestle now, almost I realize they can't do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, and I like the Miz. I just don't like yeah. babyface Flair Miz. They have definitely made a mistake in turning Miz babyface. I I don't I don't think there's a question about that. I mean, I I love seeing Flair because he puts a smile on my face. Yeah. And uh, if they can give basically what they're going to have to do with Flair, in my opinion, and I spoke of this gentleman before he we went on the air, but you know, he's going to have to come full circle in his career, and he's going to have to be J.J. Dillon. And he'll be a way more animated version, but that's great. That's what you want. And he already dipped his toe in that during Evolution. Right. But I want him to really commit, and I want the company to commit to him being a guy that is the leader of something big. Right. And that's, you know, obviously they'll get... Four Horsemen comparisons, but it can be its That's own fun. thing. They've proven yeah. that they can do new things and yeah. make it work. Yeah. So I just want Flair to be that guy. And they're already, you know, having him corner for Miz, but there is something he, they need to give him something special that complements his persona, yeah. his legendary persona. Right. So th- that's one thing. Uh, I I, w- I want to see for me if it's old school Raw, I want more, more, more. I want yeah. I want legends on every segment, they, and they we were didn't a get lot that. Of legends. Yeah, they were. There, uh, not every segment. See, like a lot me, of segments. There, there, there okay. was the Jack Swagger segment where he beat up the legends, which I didn't really care for. Uh, Ted DiBiase was out there. That was my uh, favorite part yeah. of the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> the end of it. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, it's like he didn't. Of course, he didn't do much in the match, but yeah. that wasn't the whole point. The whole point was to do the C note gag. Yeah. And the best C note gag ever. <laughs> right. It took 
It took 25 years after his debut to have the best Ceno gag <laughs> yep. ever. Daniel Bryan goes back. Yeah, it's just a little slobber. That's fine. I'll stick those in my trunks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, so but yeah, great. The New Age Outlaws had a match. In Rosa spotting this week, she <laughs> was out in that match. So that that was almost my match of the week. Just because like, of putting the all those thing. together, yeah. that might be mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who else showed up? I mean, there were there were uh, the honky tonk man. Yeah, that that was great. So, yeah. Any you know, anytime I can get a honky tonk guitar shot, I'm a happy yeah. guy. And as soon as I realized what was going on, I'm like. He's going to take that shit. Yeah, oh, of course he is. <laughs> yeah. Who else is going to take that? Yeah, he's always the first guy raising his hand in the back. Yeah. That's that. That's Heath. So, yeah. And, yeah, all the music guys, the the Funk Monsters and the 3MB were out there. And Funk yeah. Monsters are turning into maybe my favorite tag team. Ooh, I don't know. They're wow. they're getting there. Sweet As- Tea and Brodus. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the fact that, like, uh, Naomi breaking out. She had a match on, or she was in a match on uh, NXT last week and, oh. and she was really good in that again and Jeez. she got the pin yeah so. I, we, we, we just touched on this a minute ago Chris but it was such a massive part of our I don't want to say childhood our early adulthood yeah. we, we come from the Attitude Era yeah that's what that's, that's when, when I started watching every single week yeah the Outlaws are an, an important factor of oh, our yeah. history of wrestling watching. Uh, there's so so many of my memories from that era came from them. Yeah, so. absolutely. The first, I remember the, the the first full show of Raw you saw again after years involved Bradshaw versus the New Age Outlaws, Is, was the Bunkhouse match, yeah. <laughs> and that was before they became the New Age Outlaws. Right. You know, so they they've been a constant. They were a constant for years. Yeah. It, when they first came out, were you, almost like me, were you kind of a little nervous for them? But then by the end of the match, did it seem like like any of it? It seemed like we were watching oh, this an last old week? match. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't really. I just watching them do their intro. Yeah, I mean, Road Dog has a lot of gray, but yeah. looking at Billy Gunn, he's a little older, but yeah, he's, he's a little bit a little bit thinner on top. Yeah, but that but doesn't matter. You all know? of the mannerisms, like everything he did, yeah. there was a while. Back in that time when Billy Gunn was my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah. It was, I mean, that was a good, I don't know, maybe a year or so. But yeah, yeah he was, because you remember yeah, that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, like, yeah. right whenever, it was during the peak of the Outlaws that yeah. the Billy was one of my favorites too. And I was, you know, really excited at, at a point whenever the breakups happened. And, yeah. And he was going to be a massive single star. Yeah. And I'm sure WWE even thought he was going to be a massive single yeah. star. He won King of the Ring. Yeah. They gave him a few with the Rock. Right. I mean, Billy was doing great. Yeah. I it's think, just, yeah. He never got to that next plateau. Yeah. But... It's just one of those unfortunate things that just never, the stars never aligned. I mean, he yeah. had the, he has the ability. Yeah. To, to do it. Yeah. Seeing him in the ring, it's, it was, yeah, it was like they really hadn't missed a beat. I mean, that's kind of cliche to say, but yeah. it really didn't seem like they did. Yeah. They, they still know how to command a crowd and they're, you know, they, they were, Looked great in the ring. Their moves yeah. are great. You know, they better be, right? I mean, right. especially Billy. You know, the whole thing about Billy now is that he's one of the trainers in yeah. NXT now. Yeah. So, you know, he's got to he's got to practice what he preaches. Right. So, yeah, it was a great moment this week, and I, I thought it was great. And I immediately thought of them, like, we got an Outlaws reunion plus Roses in this segment. Chris <laughs> has got to put this one up at the time. I, yeah, I mean... <laughs> can I have a tie, actually? Tell you what, week? I'll take the Outlaws match. Right. And you could take the uh, the Superstars right. Diva match. We'll, right. we'll do it that way. That's right. my official. I'm giving it. Uh, if if anything, just because it was officially old school week, the New Age Outlaws versus Promepico right. with Rosa from Thank Raw. You. 
and uh, the Outlaws won with the Famouser. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just like old times, man. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I said it was old school. Chris, if you don't mind, uh, I know we don't talk TNA on the show, really. Well, it's no special rule. It's just I don't watch it. Uh, right, right, yeah. And I don't and, usually want to talk about it And also it's no, dumb. And also, no disrespect to Randy, we're going to do a whole hour on this when we get to our next TNA show, but... Oh, don't make that an hour. Well, please. I mean, uh, well, it never is an hour. It's okay. like 10 minutes and then we talk about something else. Right. But this whole thing, I'm sure even a casual wrestling fan can realize at this point that TNA is doing a storyline uh, with this faction called the Aces and Eights, which is basically, you, you've seen it before, it's NWO meets this meets this, you know, yeah. like a, an invading faction of people. Hmm. And initially... Yeah, and when they debuted, they were all in masks. Yeah. They were a motorcycle gang, sure. and they were all in motorcycle masks. Motorcycle gangs are always awesome in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, the racist what? Harris brothers and the uh, <laughs> and all those other guys and uh, American badass. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know they they slowly reveal the masks start coming off and people are like what <laughs> i mean if anything it's just kind of a pick 'em you right. you can't ever call it in advance i called it once in advance yeah. so far and that was obvious because the 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 kids the west briscoes and and the garrett bischoffs that was super effing obvious yeah but everything they've revealed since then has been kind of like Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, and I, I go through the range of, okay, good. At least that guy is getting work. Right. And at least this puts forward the fact that TNA knows how to get at least a few people over better than maybe WWE ever did. Right. They made Devon the first guy they unmasked. See, that's that's worth putting a mask on a guy and yeah. a reveal. A and lot they, of the other guys, and they worked us, the and guys, they, they yeah. worked us too, because Devon was supposed to be out of a job. His oh. contract was up. And I'm they... sure. I, I'm sure that Devon's. I never saw any of these matches, R- right. but I'm sure he's really difficult to tell that that's who's under a mask because yeah. he's he's got he's pretty. Um, it's like putting Ray or like any guy that has like those particular movements, and you can just tell who they are. Yeah. Devon's one of those guys. Yeah, he's very so, professional, and he yeah. has a great move set. Yeah, but what I'm saying, you can tell who yeah. it is, even if he was like full wearing like a full like bag over his head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can be able to tell who it is. So he was the first one out. They had to do that one because it was yeah. like, okay, we'll figure this one out pretty quick. And then, uh, and then you bring in your you know your Luke Gallows, which I was happy to see him. Yeah, uh, but does that deserve a big reveal? Uh, I mean, you know, he he got accidentally unmasked. That was the whole thing. Is he was yeah? Why was he supposed to have the the point of putting a mask on a guy and revealing is because it's some guy you're like, oh my god, I never expected that. Right. That was like like, super duper fans are like, we know that guy, but then he had to be explained as much as you have to explain it. Then that's not a big draw, and it's bad writing. Yeah. And you know, we we were such fans of Mike Knox and WWE, but he doesn't completely look like Mike Knox anymore yeah. so it was like okay it's Mike Knox but that's another one of those it's like true fans know who he is but yeah. that doesn't really do much for TNA people that just watch because Hulk Hogan and Jeff Hardy are on right. it right. Uh, but when, then, you, when you unmask someone and you go oh okay that's not a good thing I realize so you know they put the kids in there like I said Wes Briscoe and Garrett Bischoff who were absolutely freaking terrible yeah. moving on like I said uh, I mentioned this on a previous wrestling house show if WWE doesn't want these second generation guys. Really, what does it say about them? Yeah. And I hate to sound like the WWE fanboy, but 
yeah, you know they're going to kind of suck, and yeah. they do, and they're, they're they're not very good, and they're not even good talkers. Right. Um, they finally do the big reveal, which we thought was going to be the big, big one, but the vice president was revealed. I think that's hilarious. Vice president. Yeah. Of a motorcycle gang. Well, I don't know yeah. if they have them or not, but that just sounds silly to it's me. supposed to be so anti-establishment, yet they talk about, like, it's it's some sort of Yeah, we Congress. have a hierarchy, and there's yeah. there's rules and order. Yeah, rules and order in our motorcycle gang. And I know there is. I mean, I never, right. I haven't watched Sons of Anarchy or any of that. And yeah, who is. knows how realistic that is. Obviously, this is a influenced by a Sons of Anarchy thing that they're right. doing, too, yeah. even the way they... But know. having a vice president and a president just sounds silly to me. Yeah. They have a treasurer... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> real motorcycle yeah. gangs—they do have treasurers, yeah. <laughs> by the way. Okay. Well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Don't worry. Like, like, like this is our world or something. <laughs> um, but Kurt Angle like does this thing where he follows around the aces and eights all night backstage. This is like two weeks ago, and then he's stalking them the whole night. He sure. finally gets the big leader, vice president sure that guy. Was a highly entertaining series of segments. Yeah, it was just two quick ones. And There's then, a guy walking around in the back. Yeah, and at the end of the show, he knocks out the VP, tears his mask off, and of course, we can't see it. Of but course. he's like, oh my god, how could you? What's wrong with you? And of course, he gets jumped, so they can't reveal it so, until next week. Yeah, so... Okay, I just want to... Yeah. I'm just... Because I, I saw these just before we went on the... Uh, yeah. Start recording the show. Made you watch it. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> um, so, if I had just seen that, that show... And I've been watching all these, like, oh, Aces and Eights is really cool, and I like it. And it gets to that point, and Kurt Angle unmasks this guy. I don't know who it is, but he does, and he reacts in that way. I'm thinking it's someone, like, that has a personal relationship with Kurt Angle. Someone that was a good friend, he was close to him, probably wrestled with him, or or something along those lines in his professional career that turned his back on. Right, like, so, and we already know that some of his bigger friends in the business, like Taz, right. by the way, Taz is also in Aces and Eights, right, sure. and they revealed that already. Yeah. Uh, Edge is another one of his bigger friends in the business. Yeah. You know, people like over the years. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like how massive could so it be? That the, would have to be one of them. Yeah, this is the vice president of this faction that has a personal, meaningful relationship with Kurt Angle. Yes, he called him a son of a bitch for turning his back on. So him. cut to this week. Continue. I'm looking forward to this. This is gonna be this is gonna be amazing. I'm I'm sitting down. I'm watching Impact. And yeah. This is gonna be the big reveal. Yeah, he was probably wondering why I kept pausing it when I knew that it was about to happen. Yeah, because uh, we were having all these different conversations. Like he's probably like, why did he pause it? It's TNA. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kurt Angle calls basically like Wes Briscoe comes out and they start fighting each other again, fist sure. fighting. And you know the bit. You've seen it. About 2,000 times. Right. Breaking up a fight in pro wrestling, your backstage agents are going to come out. Yeah. In WWE, you have Barry Windham, Dean Malenko, uh, what have you. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Uh, in TNA, for the last, what, three, four years, it's been Irish Pat, the artist formerly known as Simon Diamond, Al yeah. Snow, and D'Lo Brown. Right. They go to break up the fight, and then all of a sudden, Kurt Angle gets really agitated He's not even worried about Wes anymore. He points a finger, and he's pointing it at D'Lo. D'Lo kicks him in the balls. D'Lo is the vice president of the Aces and Eights. Yes, D'Lo Brown. <laughs> Chris, you're you're a uh, we we have gone on record many times. We're big fans of I D'Lo, love D'Lo Brown. Brown. Yeah. So a guy that has been working backstage for TNA for the last three years yeah. is the number two poobah in Aces and Eights. Sure, that's okay. And we love it. 
Because we think it's so cool and random. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. In that sense, like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, they had a lottery backstage, and they put yeah. everybody's name in a hat. <laughs> Who wants to be on TV this week? Yeah, and I made the joke that every time D'Lo comes out to break a fight up, yeah. he gets a bigger pop than most people involved right. in the segment, so maybe that's the rationale. That's not... <laughs> but but for, for the people that watch, let's just all-encompassing Spike Television sure. and therefore TNA, yeah. because the ratings wouldn't suggest otherwise. <laughs> right. Hulk Hogan, Jeff Hardy, Sting, we know those guys. Yeah. Do you think they remember or give a crap about D'Lo? Not so much, honestly. Yeah. Like, 5% of them may remember him, and right? What, like, I was talking, like, the way Kurt Angle reacted. What... Unless they just create some kind of relationship after the fact. They're, which they're going to. You know they're well, going to. I know to. they will. <laughs> What's the rationale for me to be shocked that D'Lo Brown turned his back on Kurt Angle and is, is like, being this son of a bitch to Kurt Angle? It's, yeah. I don't... There's no, there's no connection. Yeah. Did those guys... I'm sure they wrestled at some point, but... Yeah, I'm sure D'Lo still does indie dates. I'm pretty yeah. positive about that. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure... No, don't get me wrong. I love D'Lo Brown. Right, right, and it's right. good for him. Right. That is so stupid. And so random. It's yeah, yeah. Is it? They're gonna have to. I could just see D'Lo coming into the ring this coming Thursday, going, and this, that's so not a plug. And him <laughs> coming and going. When I got to TNA, they didn't let me fight, and that's yeah. probably pretty much what it's gonna be. Sure. I they told me to get backstage, stay fat, and whatever. <laughs> and Kurt and Angle always told me to just keep trying and get, get put yourself out there, and you'll make it, and you'll be okay. And that's yeah. the relationship. I had to be a. I had to be a. A stand-in, yeah. a substitute for gut check. <laughs> like I was an alternate for gut check. <laughs> like I could just hear all these yeah. gripes, but the the whole thing. Like I said, they're going to have to make up this fake relationship yeah. now. So fast forward to the pay-per-view of the world title match between Jeff Hardy, oh, yeah, and Bully Ray, this, yeah. and Bully Ray is repealed as the president <laughs> of Aces and Eights. The guy that looked like he was going to blow up the whole building once they found right. out that Devon was an ace as an yeah. ace, who kisses up to Hulk Hogan uh, by subsequently getting on his bad side initially by being into his daughter and wanting to marry his daughter. This right. is all storyline crap, obviously. Yeah. But if you suspend the disbelief here, no. it makes it that much more retarded. <laughs> I'm Bully Ray. I marrying or going to marry Hulk Hogan's daughter... He doesn't like it initially, but then after a while he takes to it because I've got his back. And I'm helping the company right. to not have Aces and Aids completely take over. Uh -huh. Hulk Hogan's awarding me with world title matches. Right. And he that's what he, he basically went out and said that. Yeah. Bully's a man of character and he's family and so here's yeah, your world he's title. He's family, shot. therefore nepotism, therefore here you go there, for this title shot. And he basically said <laughs> yeah. that. That's the thing that cracked me up. Yeah. So, if this is real life, Chris, what possible rationale do you have for being Bully Ray and being the president of Aces and Eights and saying, you know what? Kidding. JK. <laughs> Don't say JK. Okay. Uh, he, it's, no, this I'd is love all... to see Bully Ray do like a Bodicons like on Twitter. He's just right. not that guy, is he? No. Uh, this is all a clever ruse. He's getting in good with Aces and Eights. He's saying that I'm going to be with you, therefore, six months down the line at um, what's their big show later in the fall? Oh, oh Bound for Glory. There you go. He's going to turn on Aces and Eights, and therefore he helped out Hogan 
in the oh, process. Oh, he's the mole that's going to yeah, destroy. he's the mole that went from here to there to back to there. He, triple Cross. Okay. How many times What's that the, the name of the cross Hobbit movie? Yeah, <laughs> that was the Hobbit. Yes. Okay. They're, <laughs> They're back, back again. again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Well, I just named the show this week. <laughs> that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, Chris, do we have a best week, worst week? Uh, yes. It was it was difficult because there were there were no real like standouts like you had a super best week or you had the super worst week. Yeah, so we're gonna have. Moments like that, for sure. But uh, I think you actually Did mentioned... Did Wade Barrett get in there for his red carpet and subsequent matches? Uh, he had some good matches. <laughs> yeah, but he lost some matches. Yeah, that's so true. He hasn't won a lot lately. Okay. Um, I think you actually mentioned the guy that I'm going to give best week to for the reason that you said for the uh, in the tag match, the Ted DiBiase taking the $100 smartest guy in wrestling, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan gets this week. So yeah. he's not only is he $100 richer. Yes. But he gets <laughs> the, the dubious distinction of my best week. Yeah. And best uh, facial reaction I've seen in a long yeah. time by the way also. Yeah. So. yeah. Daniel Bryan just looks like he's having a blast out there. Literally. Oh yeah. Um, you uh you uh following this beard off he's having with the baseball player? I've seen it here and there, yeah. yeah. I follow Daniel Bryan on Twitter, so I've yeah. seen it. You kind of hope he loses after a while, doesn't it? You know, like, I want to see a different... Uh, once he loses that beard, a different aspect of his character will happen. Right, you yeah. know that. So. I always liked the Daniel Bryan with a huge beard, but with no hair. Just like, yeah. completely shaved. That, yeah. that was old Ring of Honor stuff yeah. right there. Um, and worst week is going to Mae Young for getting her 90th birthday interrupted by CM Punk. <laughs> oh, man. And another great punk jerk moment. Yeah. But, uh... Did you? See, I don't know if you saw this, but on the Heyman Hustle Facebook page, yeah. the caption or the the picture shows Heyman and Punk standing in front of the whole birthday party, yeah. going down to the ring, yeah. and the caption reads, "Interrupting May Young's 1,000th birthday." <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, I'd say May probably gets worse week. Who's yeah. gonna get their the embarrassment of having your birthday interrupted yeah. on Raw. You you go through all the trouble of lighting that many candles. Yeah. And he's just going to crap all over it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, oh, God. Uh, man, Mae Young, so great. It's I always She always puts a smile on my face. Yeah. And the oldest living Hall of Famer, and she has that gold to look forward to. She might actually make it to 100, Chris. Yeah. Because she says she wants to wrestle on her 100th birthday. They'll never let her. No. But she has this goal in mind that yeah. she's going to do it. Yeah. So. Who knows? If she, you know what? If she makes it to 100, every and any woman with any kind of respect in this business will be the first one to raise their hand backstage oh, and yeah. say, put, put your foot on me. Yeah. At a hundred, and I will do that for you. Well, what was it? Was I don't that know. was the lay cool thing that they yeah. did that one time? Yeah. yeah, I was just trying to remember when it'll, that was. It'll yeah. be very reminiscent of that. Yeah. A lot of wacky things will happen, and they'll yeah. come out and put her foot on there, yeah. and they'll give her the official match win. And that's something that will never ever happen with anyone ever. Yeah, and if that happens, that has to make like every major news outlet. Yeah. Not, yeah. You know, everybody from ABC down to ESPN to yeah. TMZ, it'll be right. it'll, that has to be everywhere. Right. So I hope I hope ten years from now we're doing this show and we're talking about that. That'd be cool. And we get to play this clip right here. So yes. take it away, future selves. <laughs>
Right. See, the, everything ties in. It's there and back again, Chris. Yeah. Wow. So, right. I think that's going to have to do it this week. I think week. we're going to have to go there. Chris, take us home, man. Um, you can go to cnjradio.com to listen to the latest episode of this show and find the archives there for the, the older shows. So, I'm putting more of those up lately. So, yeah. hopefully people will be able to, to learn some of our history. I'm um, gonna put myself out there for the blog this week. I'm gonna. I would like to do a blog entry uh, where I find my favorite clips of our top five managers. All right. How about that? Go for it. That's what I'm doing. Go to cnjradio.com for that. And yeah, we're trying to blog more and more lately. It's it's kind of hard, but yeah, check it every few days. There should be something new up there for you to enjoy. And you can uh, email us or just go to our Facebook. Leave us a message over there. It's linked from the .com. Twitter live social media smackdown on friday nights for the most part unless they officially announce it and then it's not going to happen so just be aware of that and uh yeah that's it interact share and enjoy continuing the tradition of social media smackdown i love it it's so fun i started it you you did you did start it you are the you are the original sir well that's gonna do it and chris next week is our hundredth episode taken a while to get there yeah. but we're, we're, we're gonna get there and it's, it's gonna happen 99th anniversary of the wrestling house show figure out if we're gonna do anything special anybody out there if you wanna if you want us to do anything special specify and email us yes alright everybody have a great week <laughs>